On this edition of Magic Pod Squad, we catch up with former Magic player and fan favorite Anthony Johnson. He had a terrific NBA career, and of course, his last two years were here in Orlando. He's part of that 2009 finals run. We get into all of that with AJ. Magic fans, the Florida Department of Transportation reminds you that fans don't let fans drive drunk. If you've been drinking, don't get behind the wheel. Instead, find a sober driver or catch a ride service. Remember, drive sober or get pulled over. Have a great night and drive safe. Lots to cover here with Anthony Johnson, including that 2009 finals run that included beating LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers in what ensued after they eliminated the Cavs. Always a favorite story for Magic fans. What he's up to now, a lot of time on the golf course, being a dad, coaching his kids in basketball, and a little bit about his NBA journey and some of the greats that he played with along the way. Terrific stories, including Ron Artest, Dwight Howard, a lot of former teammates. Good stuff with Anthony Johnson on this edition of Magic Pot Squad. This is Fonz Wagner of the Orlando Magic. This is Cole Anthony. This is Jalen Suggs. This is Paolo Bancaro of the Orlando Magic. And you're listening to the Pod Squad. And welcome everyone to another episode of Magic Pod Squad. Dante Marcatelli, George Galante, Jake Chapman, and this man, simply one of our favorites, uh, one of our all-time favorites, Anthony Johnson. AJ played for the Orlando Magic two stints. You remember the uh, the 99-2000 and then two years from 2008 to 2010, 13 NBA seasons. And quite frankly, AJ, I would be fine if we just caught up but once a week and just tell stories and, and reminisce. Yeah. It has been way too long. How are you, my friend? Yeah, it's, it's always a good time to catch up with my Dante Galante. And now we got Jake in the building. So yes. <laughs> the, the, you know, catch up with my uh, magic uh, people. So all good. Thanks for having me on, guys. Let everybody know where you're at, what you're up to. Do you play golf twice a day, three times a day? How much golf are you getting? He's ready to go right now after this, by the way. Like we're, yes, we're keeping him from a tee time. Oh, you know no. <laughs> we're keeping I'm, I'm him from a tee time. man. I got to be on two wheels to the golf course. We got a 12, 15 <laughs> tee time. Now, you know, I live here in Atlanta and, uh, you know, just uh, kind of taking it easy, uh, living the dream. Uh, got two kids. My son's a sophomore in high school. Uh, I coach his AU teams in the summertime, so helping, you know, just helping him get where he's trying to go. And I have a daughter that's in seventh grade, so just trying to be the best dad I could possibly be. So, yeah, just living the dream and uh, enjoying fatherhood. That's great. AJ, talk about that. I think we talked about that the last time we spoke about coaching your son. How how has that been for you? Do you Are you one of these? I mean, you're coaching, so it's a little bit different. So you have to be a little bit of a screamer, I would imagine, because there's two types of parents out there. There's there's the ones that kind of (laughs) just sit back and then there's the ones that are super involved. But you're coaching. So how has that angle been from your perspective, coaching your son, watching him, watching him do what you did? Well, we all know I'm super competitive, so uh, I really enjoy the competition aspect of it. And, uh, you know, just being able to be around my son, train him and you know, coaches, teams, day in and day out. Uh, you know, it's a bond that, you know, father-son bond that I really enjoy. And he knows when we're in practice, I'm the coach. But as soon as practice over, we get in the car, I'm dad. And he knows that I'm hard on him. And, you know, it's one of those things I tell him all the time, you know, with my basketball career, you have all the answers to the test. So there's no way we make it 60s and 70s. We should be making 90s and 100s. So when he's not doing what he's supposed to do, you know, I get on him pretty hard, but you know, when he uh when he's playing well and he's, you know, applying answers that he has, you know, it's good to sit back and be a good father and kind of just 
you know, nod my head in approval. So how is he doing on the test since he has all the notes? And man, you know, it's a roller coaster, you know, because somebody, you know, that now uh, he'll be 16 on Saturday. So, you know, these kids nowadays, they, they, they know it all. And you have to give them room. You know, this is his journey. I've already had my journey. This is his journey. So I got to give him room to kind of develop, to try things. And, you know, I know what, you know, he needs to, he needs to grow. And I got to give him room to grow. It's not, you know, what, uh, I can't always expect him to get it from my viewpoint and from my eyes. So I have to allow him to kind of, you know, make his own way. And sometimes it's, you know, pulling hair out, which I don't already have any hair. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have to, I have to allow him to, to, to take the driving wheel, to take the stairwell, wheel, and this is his journey. So some days, you know, better than others, but uh, you know, he's he's on the right track. Yeah, I coach. Right. I coach my son in uh, basketball for one season, and we won uh, zero games. So now they're both college <laughs> players. That, the, I, I only had a partial answer. Key to test. You got to get those nil deals going. Yeah. You got to go find you some six, six, seven-year-olds. Yes, that's right. right. You know what's You You're know right. what's interesting, George. You say that, and I'm always amazed at how athletes come at it because my I coach my daughters. And we have won, George. We have won a couple of games, which is fun. <laughs> but but they get upset. They'll get, and I feel bad. I'm like, you know, if they have a bad game or miss some shots, they get upset. And I'm like, it's all right. You know, get them next game. And then I talk to Q Rich. And you hear from AJ, and AJ, you know, Q will say his son got upset, and he'll write back say, well, how much did you practice? What'd you put into it? Like, it's a completely. It seems to be a completely different mentality from a professional athlete as how they treat that situation than it is for me, where everything's fine. As opposed yeah. to you just said to go play something else. Yeah, just we'll cross. Let's go try and cross. That sounds good, right? Is that fair? Is that fair? You, you kind of there's a different accountability, I think. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think we all, you know, being a former athlete, uh, you know, our kids are a little bit ahead of the curve and definitely ahead of where we were at that same time. So, you know, a part of it, we want them to have the professional approach and yes. preparation things, and you know, for us. You know, for me, it was lifting weights during the day, getting an extra shots on a game day, you know, get treatments and all that kind of stuff. When, you know, I'm dealing with a 15-year-old and none of that stuff is really important right now. So, you know, <laughs> right, right. I have my, you know, getting ready for NBA Finals game approach. And he has, dad, I'm 15, you know, yes. to a whole bunch of other stuff approach. I got to check out YouTube. I got to check out social media. Right. And there's a lot, you know, there's things that's more important than, you know, putting my best foot forward. So, you know, as a parent, you have to make the necessary adjustments. But, you know, preparation is one of those things that if you want to be successful, it has to be high on the priority list. AJ, it's obviously a completely different level, but does it make you relate a little bit to Stan Van Gundy and some of, so some of the coaches maybe you had over the course of your career? <laughs> do you feel, do you feel Stan Trick channeling through you at any point, or is that just is that way out? Is that way over here? Uh, I, I think Stan's approach is a little different to uh, AJ's approach. <laughs> Probably a good thing. Yep, yep. You know, um, Stan, uh, you know, of course, Stan was a great coach. We had a great system. We had great success. Uh, but with Stan, man, nothing was ever perfect. Unless unless you beat a team by 100 and you made every shot and you shot a high level of threes, <laughs> yeah, Stan was not going to be happy. And and you had to hold the other team to like less than 50 points. But, you know, if they gave none of those things are really uh, able to be accomplished, 
So Stan was never happy, but, you know, he's a great guy and a great coach. Uh, but, you know, my approach, man, I just, you know, these kids are young. We want to practice hard. I want them to prepare. I want to try to help them get to college. So, you know, it's just as much as possible, just try to put them in a position to be successful and be aggressive and, uh, you know, just uh, and and like you said, there's going to be some teams that, you know, you just run into a buzzsaw. So, sure. you know, you just got to kind of, you know, take it one day at a time and just prepare them as best as possible. You know, it's interesting. We had Hito Turkoglu and Richard Lewis uh, in here on opening night. So that was oh. a lot of fun. And Richard told a story that Hito Turkoglu, when the play was drawn up for him, he understood it. If it was a get right, if he's going to get right, no problem. But there was a language barrier when it was get back on defense. Do you remember it that way? What, what, what's your what's your memories of Hito Turkoglu? I mean, just that combination with Richard and Big Turk and Dwight, man, to have three guys that yeah. can run pick and rolls effectively and finish games at a high level, like the white being the interior presence, Big Turk and Richard being able to score from three, then Big Turk being able to put the ball on the floor at 6'11", and Richard being able to post at 6'10", 6'11", and take advantage of matchups, man. You know, that was like a teammate in heaven, and we took advantage of it as much as possible. But uh, my my Big Turk story, man, i never forget. You know, we always get on Big Turk about a whole bunch of stuff, but before a finals game, he's eating pizza before the game. I'm like, Big Turk, you're the only guy here in the NBA Finals that's out of shape. But how do you play 120 games and you're playing 35, 40 minutes and you still out of shape? That, like, come on, Big Turk. Come on, Big Turk. That's awesome. We, we had a great time. We had a great time. Oh, that's beautiful. AJ, how often are you playing? You didn't just play the two, you know, three years in Orlando. You had a 13-year NBA yeah. career. I mean, that is a lengthy NBA career. How often are you pulling up highlights to show your kids just to, you know, to kind of put them in check? Like, listen, like, check me out. Like, this was me. <laughs> yeah, daddy, daddy, <laughs> do it. Our uh, coach used to do it at a high level back in the days. Okay. Uh, you know, and again, uh, you know, these kids, like I said, you know, kids are young. They think they know it all. So you're trying to help them understand the game at a high level. And sometimes they look at me sideways like I don't know what I'm talking about. So every now and again, you know, I got to put them in the torture chamber playing one-on-one <laughs> or I have to send them links and let them know this is Coach J.J. back in the day dunking on somebody. Nice. Or, you know, having a big night. So every now and again I do it with kids looking at me sideways. But for the most part, you know, I just kind of talk it up their maturity and they just think they know it all. And, mm -hmm. you know, basketball for them, you know, starts with, you know, LeBron James and, you know, these guys. But, you know, we did play good basketball way back before, uh, you know, these these new shooting 40-foot threes, Oof. you know, started. So, yeah. So, you know, every now and again I do it, but I just kind of try to laugh it off and, uh, yeah, just try to find the nearest uh, golf course. <laughs> AJ, I wanted to ask you about that. The the state of the game today. You you sort of presided over some of that. Um, you know, the younger guys, LeBron. Yeah, I think you were still in the league when Steph was was getting close. Anyways, um, how, how do you like basketball today? You know, it, it's it's tough. Uh, I would have to say, in my career, I played. You know, uh, when I played with the Pacers, we used to have to battle Detroit. Rasheed Wallace, Chauncey Billups, uh, year in and year out to try to go to the NBA Finals. 
And if you watch the brawl in the palace, the score in the fourth quarter was like 66-62 with like three minutes left in the game. Wow. Is that why the fight broke out? (laughs) You know, with three minutes left in the game, those were dog fights. You know, of course, I didn't play with the Pistons and the bad boys, but, you know, we used to take pride in playing defense. We used to take pride in competing, and we used to take pride in stopping our guy, and we used to take pride in team defense. Nowadays, uh, some of that, uh, competitiveness, some of that, taking pride and getting stops and playing good defense. You really don't see it. So when the games get out of control, it's like, are, are you even offended that your guy thinks he can score on you yeah. if he wants? And for me, I would be offended. And, you know, I would take the personal challenge of uh, shutting my guy down and stopping my guy. And of course, you know, now with the NBA, guys shooting across half court, guys through the high level a high amount of threes. And, of course, you know, Steph and the Dame Lillards and those guys, they're going to make a good bit of it. But you got to put your best foot forward and you got to strap it up and you got to gotta get stops. You got to get stops. And, you know, it's just when I don't see guys taking personal accountability or stopping their guy, that's kind of, you know, you got to turn the channel quick, fast. <laughs> You know what's interesting? You played so you've eighteen years with the Magic. I'm sorry, eighteen games with the Magic. It that, felt like eighteen uh, years. With it the felt magic. like eighteen. <laughs> it, it did. It, it, really, it really felt like it. Felt it's, like eighteen years. But those eighteen games at the end of the Heart and Hustle season, right? Where you were part of that run, this team was trying to get to the playoffs. You saw Ben Wallace really before anybody else did. Well, what yeah. do you? What do you? He's now in the Hall of Fame. Is, is that incredible? What did you see with Ben? And did you have any idea that this guy was oh. about to emerge? Right. Not at all. Not at all. At the time, you know, Ben was, uh, I want to say I drafted, possibly. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah I drafted. A great guy, quiet, never said much of anything. Uh, offensively, it was kind of like, you know, don't really pass him the ball unless he was wide open. Nothing <laughs> yeah. rent, and no one was around. Uh, and, <laughs> right. you know, but one thing you saw, you saw his tenacity. You yep. saw when the game started, like he was about his business. And, uh, you know, and he got every rebound. Whatever he got his hands on, it was he was going to secure it and, you know, and and kind of rebound at a very high level. But to see him evolve into, you know, the dad hard hustle Ben Wallace into the Detroit Ben Wallace, man, I mean, you know, he worked at it. And you could tell he took great pride into being the best version of himself. And, and now he has a Hall of Fame jacket. So super mm-hmm. proud of him. And I'm proud for and and happy for him and his family. AJ, how many you've had a lot of teammates over the years. How how many of these guys do you still talk to, reach out to? Uh, you know, like you mentioned, Ben and and those guys. How many of those guys are you still in touch with? Yeah, you know, for me, I'm kind of like a caveman, so I kind of like just just stay here in the house. And if you see me on the golf course, that's I run into a lot of guys on the golf course, but for the most part, you know, I I text with a good amount of guys, but. Yeah, I kind of keep to myself. I, I, you know, right now, you know, just the fact that I am, you know, just taking it easy. I try to give my kids, you know, a lot of time. But I love, you know, tuning texts and, and catching up with guys and seeing them on the golf course. Or you go to Vegas and there's a big event. I run into a lot of guys at the big three and those type of things. So it's always good to catch up. But, uh, you know, like I said, I'm a caveman. So, uh, you know. I'm not hard to find, but at the same time, I kind of keep to myself. But, you know, yeah, there's a lot of guys that uh, are a few guys that I do keep up with. You played three years with Ron Artest, 
and Meta World Peace. All right. So you got it. There's got to be some good Ron Artest material. Oh, you man. must have. You must have seen some unbelievable things in those three years. What's crazy is before I got there, the stories that they were telling me, like the <laughs> stories that I was told before I got there, and to see it in person. I want to say that I got the mild version, but the mild version of Ron Artest <laughs> was out of control. And Roddy, man, I, I when he's in his right mind, man, there's no small forward that yeah. you know could do what he could do. He could lock people up. He could, you know, the top scorers could barely get the double digits, and then he could turn around and beast and and eat on offensive end with shooting threes, with shooting with uh, posting up, and just using his physical strength. At one time, he got up to like 270 and still was moving and shutting mm. guys down. And that's incredible to be 6'7", 270 and stopping the T-Max, uh, giving the Kobe's, you know, a tough time. Like, you know, he was, what he was doing on the floor when he was in his right mind was truly impressive. But off the floor, that boy was, oh, man, he was out of control. He was out of control. And it just, you know, sometimes you can laugh it off, but other yeah, times yeah. it's just, we trying to compete and win sure. every championship. A lot of these distractions are not helping us get to our right. ultimate goal, and that was the disappointing part. Sure, he was one of the first guys I remember when I when I when I hit the league when I was an intern in 06, 07, maybe a year or two afterwards, where I looked at him and I said he he was so built. It must have been the time you're talking about when he got up to two seventy, and he was still moving. He was built like a like a meat refrigerator or something like that. I mean, he was just he was so uh, thick. And and the lateral movement, he was just outstanding. Jake, hey, just so you know, that, Jake compares everything to food. A meat refrigerator, like what. there's a lot of there's a lot of food analogies. But no, go ahead. I got to, to, to add to Jake, man, think of Bones Jones, uh, the UFC fighter. Oh yeah. Think of him as a basketball player. That's Woo. what Ronnie looked like wow. as a basketball player. Yeah. Like he was Some... just Bones Jones, you know. But at six seven, two seventy five, two. You put him, AJ, you put him on your list of the, of the greatest defenders of all time. Oh yes! Oh, easily, easily, because he could guard. Like, like there were times in practices, Dale Davis would try to post him up, and Dale couldn't really move him. And we all know how big Dale was. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would definitely put Ronnie as, as one of the top greatest defenders in NBA of all time. I wanted to ask you, AJ, was there when you think back, was there a common thread on on all of the great teams you played on? Obviously, the Orlando team, maybe those Indiana teams. Is there something that maybe with the benefit of hindsight, you say that was something that those teams had had in common and maybe you didn't realize at the time? Well, and real yeah. quick, just so everybody knows, because AJ is too modest, you were on a 67-win Dallas team, a 61-win Indiana team that went to the Eastern Conference Finals, and, of course, this Magic team that went to the Finals. So, yeah, to Jake, to your yeah. point, AJ, you you were on a lot of teams that had a ton of success, and the New Jersey Nets when we went to the finals twice. With Jake That's right, Kidd finals and- twice with Jake. Exactly, of course. And the the common thread, of course, you have to have a defensive approach. You know that that was the one thing all those teams we took pride in stopping other teams. So having a defensive approach and just everybody being tied in is one. When you don't have in agendas, when guys kind of have their contracts in place and no one's chasing free agency or chasing money, it kind of brings everyone together and there's no hidden agendas and everybody is playing towards one common goal. And that's normally when you have that defensive approach, a good system in place with good coaches, a good synergy, and everyone's playing towards one common goal, 
you'll probably have good success in anything that you do, anything that you do. I brought up on on podcasts before when we've talked to other guys, and AJ, you, remember, you may remember this because you were talking about everybody's playing for the common goal. The, do you remember the training camp, the end of training camp, before we went to the finals, we had a dinner, we had a team dinner that I was lucky enough to be a part of. I've, I've mentioned this before where Stan went around to every guy in the room at one through 15 and and just told everybody what their role was. And everybody to a man just kind of looked like just looked at him, nodded. And then we went out on the floor and did it. Like, do you remember that? Did that yeah. forever stick with me? Because I had never seen anything like that before. We had I'd been to training camps and that one just stuck out to me. And you knew walking out of that door, like, we're going to do something really special this year. Yeah. Yes. I mean, even early on, you know, I had come from teams that had, you know, final success. The first two or three days in practice, I let all the guys know in the locker room, hey, man, like, we got a championship team here. Like, there's no weaknesses. If we just kind of pull it together and just have the mental toughness, of course, mental toughness coming into the second round, third round of the playoffs kind of helps you get through. If we can stay healthy, we're going to do it. But with Stan and his staff to give every player a role, to know your role, and and the roles that he gave us, of course, it was posted over your locker, so you saw it every day. But every role and each characteristic on that seat defined every player. Like, there was no... There was no gray area, first of all, and they were 100% correct on the roles that each player and the characteristics that was on that seat. So it kind of put things in perspective. It it let you know what you were there for. It let you know that what you, you know, what you what's expected of you and your strengths and your weaknesses. So let's continue to get better with your strengths and let's improve our weaknesses and we can have a great year. But that dinner was phenomenal. And it was the start of something special. And the year was just, it was a, a great year. Uh, fortunately, we didn't we didn't cap it off. But, you know, it was just one of those things. When you're winning, it's so much better than losing. Yes. <laughs> well, well, and you and you and Rafer were such a great combination. We talked to Rafer uh, about a year ago or so. And, and listen, you, you're phenomenal in the postseason and helped the team get all the way to the NBA Finals, which this city will never forget. But something that we kind of didn't remember was the Cleveland Cavaliers did this little picture celebration. Oh, I remember it. That you yeah. remember it. I don't remember seeing that as much. But Rafer reminded us that that was kind of motivation for you guys. And then when you guys eliminated Cleveland, man, that must have been a, an incredible feeling. But kind of tell that story for us, AJ, yeah. from, from your vantage point. You know, one thing about that team, we went on the road and we smacked everyone. Like, yeah. it wasn't just us winning at home. But we felt very good and very confident when we were on the road. And the whole buildup throughout the season was, you know, the Lakers and Cleveland. You know, it was right, just right. that was kind of like what was supposed to be. And then Cleveland, before the game, they would always do this family photo. And, you know, they were just, you know, they were a first-quarter team. Like, they would just blow everyone out in the first quarter. And it was just one of those things, like, you know, they just dancing and, you know, just, they're having a great time, which sure. when you went in and you feel like yeah. you're the top team, there's nothing wrong with that. But they, it just seemed like they used to go overboard with it. <laughs> and, you know, when we were playing them in the regular season, it was just one of those things like, wait till, wait till, you know, wait till June. Because y'all, y'all going to be in for a rude so awakening. It, so it bothered you in the regular season too when we yeah, saw that. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha, course. gotcha. But, 
but there's no need in getting riled up in a regular season. Right. No one right. winning championships in November, December. So it was no big deal. But, you know, it was something that we kept our eye on. We talked about it in the locker room. But it was one of those things when it gets, you know, when we get face-to-face come June, uh, you know, the end of May, June, yeah, y'all will have a handful. Y'all will have some problems on y'all hands. And exactly, it, we were a three-point, a big LeBron James three-point away from being yeah. up to yeah, and really right. kind of keeping that series and showing them they weren't on our level. But we knew they weren't on our level, but it was just one of those things that, you know, you just got to play the games out. But it, it was just fun after we won, you know, just taking a family photo like they did. Oh, that's so good. You know, just rubbing it in, in a subtle was- way. Yeah, what did you do? They were not on our level at that time. Even with LeBron, he was averaging like 40, 45. Like he was, he was, he was balling. Like it was, it was unbelievable the things he was doing. Of course, he was being guarded by Turk. So we got like, (laughs) (laughs) we we got got, to make up for that, right? Yes. We got to give him a, a, you know, some little slack there, but, uh, Yeah, they they were not on our level. No team in the NBA was on our level at that time. But you know, we just didn't get it done in the final two weeks. Sure. Uh, but what? But to remind everybody what you did during our family photo when we won the when we won the East. What well, did you do, AJ? I mean, you know, I you know I let my little you know my point guards. We all we were a crew. So Rafer and Jameer and T. Lou, they they held me up and you know like I was a baby and yeah so <laughs> so. So yeah, we had a good time with it because that's you know that's, oh, that's I, great. I they used to hold up more Williams and they used to you know so it was just you know kind of one of those things you just after the fact. You, I'm not a trash talker, but you know I wanted them to know that they were not on our level and yeah we could do all that stuff too, but we could do it as we're winning and moving on. That's that goes, great. That picture goes very under the radar because it just yes. looks like we're having a good time, aging oh, right. up. And I knew immediately, I'm like, oh, I know what he's doing. I know what he's doing. Oh, that's you gotta good. rub it in a little bit. You got to rub it in because that's all you heard about. That's all Cleveland, 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 Cleveland. Yes. And, you know, they, they had nothing for us. Like, they couldn't stop Turk. They couldn't stop Richard. They couldn't stop the White. And everyone else, all the role players, we contributed. So they, like, yeah, they were not on our level, really. And like that's I said, awesome. If LeBron doesn't make that three, then they're down 2 old in their own building going back to Orlando and that that's easily a sweep. Which ticks yeah. off Turk because Turk had the game winner before that, LeBron yeah. three. Yeah. That would have been but he's goes yeah, yeah. every yeah. time yeah. the playoffs come, yeah. I gotta watch that shot. Yeah. And he's on clear game winner game one. I think he had the game winner game one, didn't he? Richard, I think. Richard had the game winner. Yeah. Yeah, Richard had the game winner game one. So yeah. So, you know, of course it came down to game winning shots, but yeah, sure. we we didn't feel like they were on our level. Real quick before we go, I want to go back to the to the Stan um, the Stan preseason dinner where he assigned everybody his role. I covered Stan in Detroit. He did the same thing. It did not work. So the personnel <laughs> personnel personnel helps. Definitely. Let's give Otis. Let's give Otis and Dick Dorzik <laughs> in the front office their uh, the, Otis, their, their jobs. Definitely. Sure. Otis was was instrumental. Uh, you know, at putting that team together. And uh, yeah, and also that assistant general manager. Uh, they they Dave Dorzik. Yep. And then the ownership group, like it was, man, from top to bottom, our synergy was unbelievable. I mean, it was just it, smiling faces. Everybody was upbeat. Everybody was positive. Everybody, I mean, we were winning. We had a great system in place. We had great guys. Like the synergy was unbelievable from top to bottom. 
It's just unfortunately it's unfortunate that we didn't get it done in the last two weeks. Well, it's been a struggle since then for this Magic team. They've gone a couple of different directions, but we're feeling, AJ, there's a buzz in town. We're feeling like we're, we're headed in the right direction, and there's a lot yeah. of excitement around it. Do you watch the team still, and what are your thoughts on this up-and-coming Magic team? Well, I really like the size, the size across the board. Yep. You know, uh, that really, it, you know, in today's NBA, uh, you know, of course, they talk about positionless guys, and, right. you know, guys got big guys that can handle the ball. The Wagners and, uh, uh, you know, Hollow uh, and, yep. and Wendell Carter, you know, he grew up here in Atlanta. He has some perimeter skills. So, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of Cole Anthony and, uh, you know, and, and some of the other guys. So uh, now that, you know, they turn the corner, they had some success at the end of last season. So now you got to carry, you know, that into this season. And of course, it improved your summer workouts when you know what it takes to win. Now, when you're in the summertime, your workouts change and you're able to kind of develop and get into a mode of, okay, now I have some success. Let's carry it forward. So, uh, you know, the team's 2-0. They got a big one uh, tonight against the Lakers. So yep. looking forward to, uh, you know, seeing, you know, that matchup and and then hopefully they could kind of build on the buzz. You got to bank a lot of games early in the season when you can. And the Lakers right, is right. a team that's very gettable. Uh, you know, this time of the year. So, you know, hopefully they could put their best foot forward and, uh, you know, have a good showing tonight. That's he great. On the broadcast, he's, he's yes. all up on the whole He's got it all down. I'm telling it. you, I would love to have him come down. Do you, do you have it in your budget, house. George, to bring him down here for a broadcast yes. and to do our golf tournament? He needs to come to the let's Magic Golf it. Tournament. Let's do it. I'm wide open, so let's do it. Yeah, room in the seat playing here. Swing by on the way back. There's, there's got to be room, room by I'm sure. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, just kidding. there's definitely no room there. That bench is full. <laughs> definitely not. Those definitely. things are full. I'm watching the Sacramento Laker game last night, and they like the beam. You played in Sacramento. Do you like that? Do you like the beam? I love. Uh, did I like the beam? Do, do you like do it? You do you like, like that they I love do? It. I love, love it. it. Okay. You know, it's it's theirs. You know, it's 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 something that's theirs, and no other team have thought of it. You know, so. They, of course, with the cowbells back in the days, that used to be unbelievable. But in Sacramento, you know, there's not much going on out there. So for them to have something that's theirs, yes. you know, it's uh, I, I really love it. I love it. And it gives it gives a sense of togetherness and camaraderie. Yep. And the guys, not to say it makes you play harder, because at the end of the day, anytime someone's keeping score, you should, you should kind of give your best effort. But to have that extra motivation to hit the button and light the beam. I, I love it. I, I love it. Well, we love talking to you, AJ. Great stuff. Hit him straight today, and let's. we yeah. look forward to seeing you here soon, all right? What are we going for, 75, 76? What are we uh, let's, We're going to go 81 to 84. We're going okay. 81. How? We're going 81 to 84. So well, you're, you're can we, can we, than me. Can we yeah. put him in our group, George, for the tournament yeah, so we have a chance sure. in this thing? Let's no do it. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, guys, good stuff. That'll do it for this edition of Magic Pod Squad with Anthony Johnson. We'll see you next time.